And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You are listening to The Beat, a podcast from The Athletic. Welcome back, everybody. I am Brendan Quinn, here with Nick Baumgartner, and a very special guest, Mm -hmm. Isaiah Livers, on the show. I think it's your first time. We've tried a couple times. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Um, Much to discuss, Isaiah. Who, wait, first of all, who just came bombing into the back of your room? Yeah, somebody, somebody walked in the back door there. <laughs> Someone's creeping on you. Yeah, that, that's my girl's that's my, uh, girl's brother, Hunter. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Isaiah uh, Livers gave a good wave. <laughs> of the 12-1 and one Michigan bet. What, what's the ranking right now? Uh, do we, uh, what, what's the ranking? Anybody know this? Is it updated? It's probably earlier in the week. Uh, right? Don't know. Five in Ken Palm. That's what five in Ken Palm. That's all that matters. So, Isaiah, yeah. how are things going? You're a senior now. <laughs> You've been through a lot. Your early impressions on uh, the, the early part of the season there, and then we'll let Brendan get you into the uh, nuts and bolts of what we're going to talk about here today. Uh, man, I'm just I'm excited. Uh, we're the, we, all knew, we all knew it was going to be a young group. And we're going to have to have a good core bench. Everybody was kind of predicting the starting lineup, and it kind of be kind of true. But it was all about the rotation players, or like they like to call – yeah, they like to be called rotation players. And they <laughs> done a great job in practice. They worked very hard. Uh, even guys in the starting five, they – I don't know. I, everybody's everybody's just seeming like to mold very well. And I feel like the pandemic kind of gave us a chance to get closer. I remember mm-hmm. I mentioned a couple uh, interviews, but that pandemic really gave us time to like not really worry about other people on campus. There was people on campus anyways, right. uh, but – it was just a chance for us to learn about each other. And I think that's where, uh, that's where our chemistry is at a high level right now. You know, it's always interesting in our jobs, Isaiah, um, when you're in one place for a while and you actually see guys as a recruit and then come in and then grow and be older and then suddenly you're seniors, right? And then you move on and it's because like guys like Nick and I, like we've bounced around jobs and then, but now have both been yeah. covering Michigan for, for years. So you know, like you were a recruit when I came in seven years ago and now you're an old guy, man. And <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm kind of curious, you know, there's obviously this isn't the senior year you expected and it sucks with no fans and with no kids on campus and you're not getting, uh, you know, your full final experience. But um, have you had any time to think about the fact that, you know, you are entering the back half of your, your final college season. Now, you know, unless you decide to come back next year, I'm not expecting that, but um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, uh, 
just like, where's your kind of perspective on this journey and where you're at right now? Well, first thing I can say is I'm grateful to even have a season and be able to play mm-hmm. with these guys. Brotherhood's a family, um, but like you, like you were saying, there's no fans, there's no people on campus, so it's not really like the senior year that we maybe all dreamed of. But it's still, still, still happy. I'm making memories on and off the court with my uh, my teammates, the coaching staff, managers, uh, like all one big happy family that supports one another, and it's kind of like, kind of helps fill the void of going back to your apartment every day and like just hanging out with like your roommates or teammates. Like that's the only thing we do. Like there's no, no walking around campus. There's no going out nightlife. There is no sitting in a restaurant and just meeting new people. It's all, it's kind of like the same routine, but mm-hmm. coach Howard and them, they do it. They try to do a great job of changing it up. And I try to change it up as well. I try not to stick to the daily routine of just going to practice, coming home, going to sleep and maybe playing a video game or two. But I know I just try to find myself doing something new, but nah, it's, exciting um, I, I like where our team is going i like where i'm heading uh just you, you could just sense positivity in the air i remember when you committed to michigan sorry brendan me cut you off <clears throat> but like when you committed to michigan the program was already sort of in a it was in a good spot right it was in a it was moving forward you got it was an ascending program you were there to be part of it obviously you start with beeline and you guys had a lot of fun and with the final four team and everything else but i read a quote the other day from you that said this team is your favorite team or something along those lines, right? Like you, you've had more fun with this group than any other group. And that sort of struck me in that it's almost felt like you've maybe had an opportunity to do something like that every year you've been here. And it reminded me also of talking to you the day that Juwan took the job and wondering, you know, how this transition is going to go. Can you just sort of speak to the, that sort of, you know what I'm saying? Like that you come in, the program's in such a unique spot and it's doing really well and then everything changes. And now people are looking around and I remember you being maybe one of the older guys in the room at the time. And I just, I'm curious your perspective now, a couple years removed from when Juwan came in and sort of what your role was and how you kind of embraced him and everything. It's kind of like how I was expected. Like, and we all know, we all knew what we talked about when we all first met Coach Howard as a team. First thing he wanted to implement was family. That was the first core value he wanted to instill. And then mm-hmm. put it on like the locker, like as soon as we got back for summer workouts. So he wasn't playing about that and he was serious too. He he generally cares about you as a player and as a person. He just wants you to grow on and off the court. He's like, he's just a super genuine guy. And it's kind of like what I got over the phone, like my first conversation on the phone with him was really? the exact same thing. So it was like kind of cool to see how an idol, a guy who I grew up playing a video game with, watching him on TV, like it's an obviously yeah. game, but it's just, this dude's my coach now and he's everything like people say he is. Like there's no, there's, there's no negativity within this dude. And I think that's what helps our team is we feed off that positive energy. Like there's, he doesn't bring you down. He only brings you up. And I feel like that's what made his transition so easy because a new coach would come in and like bring his players with him. He said, no, I'm coming in with you guys, like just you guys. Mm. And I think that really sung home with a lot of guys that trust where he likes to talk about. Everybody trusts him. Go ahead. Sorry. And it has, yeah, there were a number of times this thing could have kind of gone off the tracks a little bit, right? Whether it would have been departures, whether it would have been any anything else. Um, what do you think, like, where was your balance in terms of, I want to be someone to actively help keep this together, right? And make this ver- wor- uh, work versus like, I-, I need to look out for what's best for me and stuff like that. Because that's something that like so many guys... Yeah. in your spot find yourselves just having a way 
for sure. I mean, obviously, Coach Key came in and he was like, hey, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you want to leave. Uh, it's mm-hmm. actually going to help you and try to find connections that like to leave because that's the type of guy he is. He wants you to still succeed, even though if you're not on this team or not. But yeah, that's literally what our conversation sounded like. Yeah, I just told him I'm, I'm here for you. Uh, I want to make this first year special and just like you said, just kind of like take off and trend the, the right way that we continue to, to go. So like that's why. I think that's why I have that certain relationship with Coach Howard because, I don't know, he just trusts me right off the bat. And I was like, man, if this dude's going to trust me, I got to trust him. <laughs> and I think that's that's definitely why he is who he is. Were you uh, nervous at all back then that, that it wouldn't be as smooth as it's been? I know I'm, I'm trying to think back. Like, you know, you guys had a good season the year before. Obviously, Beeline leaves and that changes everything. But, like, the team was sort of in a place of transition. You had, you know, Iggy had left, Jordan had left, and some guys had left. So you were going to be in a different spot anyway. Were you, you know, were you nervous? I mean, you didn't seem nervous, but like inside, you know, you know, your conversations with yourself that nobody else heard, were you like, we'll see about all this because it's an interesting spot. thing about it was, is I was excited anyways, because it yeah. was an opportunity for me. I knew coming back my junior year that I was going to have a big role. So I was excited and I was working hard anyways, the whole season. Like I didn't know who the coach was while mm-hmm. I was working. I went home that spring and I worked out and I worked on my offensive game, my ball handling, my shooting, creating off the dribble, just all things like that to help coming into like knowing Coach Beeline is going to have yeah. to rely on a lot. Uh, when he left, Coach Howard came in, I was like, okay, uh, let's see what Coach Howard's talking about. But first, let's see who they're hiring. That that was my main yeah. thing was see, see who they're hiring. Uh, right, right. Hired a Michigan man, Coach Howard, terrific conversation with him. Um, he checked all the boxes. Uh, he said all the right things, and he still stuck. He stuck to his word, and and we always come back to that word trust. And that's why I wasn't as worried as other people may be, but mm. I was just confident in him, and he was yeah. confident enough, and that, that that helps when your coach is confident. Like a player's coach is actually confident in your ability. You know, one of the, uh, oh, I think most interesting parts or fun parts, whatever of of covering a guy for four years is seeing his personality develop and, and change, right. As you get older and stuff like that. And there's been some guys who, especially as seniors, they just really kind of come into themselves and, and whether it's having a voice or whether it's whatever, like Derek Walton's transformation as a senior, like when he just stopped giving a shit and was just like saying whatever he wanted to say, playing the way he wanted to play. And it was just like the culmination of four years. And when I, see you and hear you this year i'm picking and we don't obviously have the same deal as usual right because normally you get to have one-on-one conversations and it's a very different situation it's just not that right now but with things that you've said this year whether it's being you know kind of outspoken about social issues whether it's talking about um you know playing on christmas whether it's talking about pay for uh student athletes your decision to take in knee your decision, the way that you talk about your teammates in very open, honest ways. Is this something that you've been cognizant of that you have a larger voice where, or is this just happening and you're not even, it's almost incidental. You know what I mean? Like, can you kind of walk me through kind of where, where you're at as, as a, as a senior, as an older guy? I think, I think I, who I am right now is because just I'm more confident in my voice. I think, uh, Mm -hmm having a larger platform like as a from freshman to senior just rising uh just wanted to use it the right way i wanted to make sure i don't go down the line or dang like i should have said that like i'm gonna say everything that's in my mind because i just want to 
I want to speak my mind and I want to tell the truth. Like you said, to just be honest. And I'm just very honest with myself, honest with people around me. And I just feel like it helps. Like that, that literally helps like a relationship between them. And like that still feeds on the chemistry on the court and even off the court. Like I can get along with so many people. Like even if I open my voice, doesn't mean like I'm instantly against you. I just want to use my voice because that's what I believe in. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hmm. Uh, how yeah, hard is... Um, go ahead. The, the... Kind of being open and honest, do you ever... You know, what's the... Is there still like the voice in the back of your head of, oh, oh, okay, well, if I say too much, though, people interpret it wrong. Like, where, where's your fine line of worry about how people anticipate things? Because this is what Nick, guys like Nick and I deal with, where, you know, we want to have honest conversations with players and people, right? Because we're people. Yeah. <laughs> and, but so people, so many are, are worried about how, you know, it turns into one, one quote that gets tweeted and then it's viral and now you're catching shit. Right. And it's just like, you didn't sign up for the headache. So where do you kind of, where do you walk that fine line? I guess when it comes to other people's business, like I don't want to, I'd rather them say what's on their chest or what's, what's happening with them Mm -hmm. rather than me. Like obviously I'm the leader, but rather than me putting them on the spot, like I'd rather give them a chance to say something. Like if they say it, they don't, that means I made the right decision. And there's, there are times where I don't say something and, another person may say it, like a teammate will say it. And I'm like, okay, okay, well, they said it. That means I'm gonna back them up with it. Like I was thinking it, but I just didn't say it because I wanted them, I wanted them to have the chance to say it. That's, that's pretty much the fine line for me. Did you take those, uh, those approaches from watching older teammates in the past? Or is that some sort of a natural process for you? This is sort of where you've landed with your voice and everything. I don't know. I watched a lot of like professional like mm. interviews. I watched a lot of, Kobe I watched a lot of LeBron like how they handle the questions and interviews after games or even before games and I don't know they just carry they just carry themselves a certain way where they're honest but they're not giving you all of it you know what I mean? yeah like they'll run a little bit but they're not going to give you like the whole inside scoop like 
<clears throat> that's for his teammate to say, not for him. Like, I feel like that's probably definitely yeah. where I got. Him. I thought it was, uh, it's a degree of honesty is, is very much appreciated. You know, like last night you're talking, right. You get asked about Mike's defense. You're like, Mike didn't buy in on defense when he got here, Mike Smith. <laughs> right. And, but, but he learned. And like, if that's what happened, that's what happened, you know, and yeah. it doesn't always need to be a front, yeah. a fairy tale version. Yeah. Everybody wants this Cinderella story. Like I like to give it straight and just like stuff like that. Like Mike will see that and be like, thanks bro. Like he'll make fun of me. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I, would, I would never put you out there like that. And I look at it like this. Did you, did you buy an infantry first guy here? And he's just smiling. Like, that's just how it always goes. Like, cause that's a chance where everybody, Everybody in the world knows Mike was a prolific scorer, top five scorer in the country at Columbia. So you're doing all that usage rate at another school, like on offense especially. It's very hard to be a two-way player and come back on the defensive end and give all, give all your money on defense when you're averaging like 25 points a game. Like, mm-hmm. So it's pretty clear. Like Stuff like that I can speak out on because everybody else knows about it. You mentioned the trust and speaking out. I mean, was it was – it, were you – were guys free to do that as much – um, when you first got here, because it, it, I don't know if maybe they were, but it didn't feel like maybe as much. I don't know. Maybe it's just a unique situation with you, but do you, do you yeah. sense that that's changed? Uh, it definitely changed. I think it's more of probably having that player's coach, Coach Howard. Yeah. Coach Ryan was always, he's always for you saying like what you feel, but right. it had to be a certain way, you know, which is because he didn't want the media to twist words. That was the biggest thing with Coach Beeline. He, he hated when the media twisted his words or a player's words and and it and I, it, upset it happened, him, but, yeah, right. But Coach Howard was more of just speak your mind, but you know, like obviously give your respects and just just be articulate and be a gentleman out there and just be respectful of others. Like I think that's what really hits home for me is be be respectful of others, and that's probably why I don't put any of my mm. teammates blast. Or I don't put my coaches on blast. I don't point fingers. I just try to like, you know, we're all in this together. So it's a we thing. Does it feel like you have? Half of a season left in college? No, not at all. Me, me and uh, Alex, A-Dub, we were just talking about, like, dang, like, we're, we're, we're at that midway point. Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's my senior year. He's like, man, I know. Like, four years ago, you, you walked in the door with back issues, and now I look at you. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny to think about. That was just it's crazy. I think what Brendan's getting at here is we've talked with a lot of guys over the years, right? Like, Novak and Stu – um guys like trey um xavier a lot of guys who come through here and played either for a long time or a short time but they've had an impact that sort of lasted beyond their time here and i feel like isaiah you're probably at that spot now like to where when you do leave here you know whether it's juan or whoever else is the coach they're going to look back and say to the next group like this is how isaiah did this and this is how you need to do this and same with your younger teammates. Now, is, is that something that you're sensing? Like, I remember talking about this with Charles even a couple of years ago when he'd only been here for, what, two and a half years? And he's yeah, yeah. people that way where it was like, I know that when I leave here, I'm going to be leaving behind something that will help carry this thing forward. It seems like you're, you're not going to leave behind something. You're going to leave behind a lot of stuff, I would assume. And, and does that sort of hit you at all? I assume that's probably something that will come later after you're done. But, yeah, yeah this is yeah. that time of year where guys like you, it starts to kind of come into perspective a little bit. Yeah, no, I haven't actually. It's my first time thinking about it right now. But like guys like Charles and X, obviously they leave behind, they leave behind this grit and this passion. Kind of like 
switching in the media of Michigan basketball is not like soft. You yeah. Know what I mean, like that was yeah. the perspective of Michigan basketball where they were soft and they didn't want to get their noses dirty. Now it seems like after Charles X and even Zach Novak, obviously, like mm. those guys carried the grit, like of just playing hard, hustling, and playing for the love of the game, love for their teammates. And that's something I, I want to be, I want to have a little, a little bit of my print in too, because every time I'm out there, like someone mentioned it, said I'm always smiling. And I said, it's yeah. just because I love basketball, like truly, like obviously I played baseball first, but I found the love of the game like later than other players. And it's, it still feels like I, my first time of putting everything aside and I was just working out on basketball just consistently and just focus on that. And I don't know, it still feels like that today. So I feel like I, I hope that feeling keeps going for my career, but you know, I just like to live in the now. So that's how I think about it. And, and this year, after all the uncertainty of ever, whether you're going to like, forget whether you guys were going to be good or not, like whether you're going to play or not. Yeah. Um, when the fact that you're getting to have this now and you are getting a payoff that a lot of teams in the country would die for. Um, I mean, you got a long way to go, obviously, but. I just imagine it has to feel really good that, that you guys get to, to play and you're playing meaningful, important games and you're your final four contender. Like, let's be straight about it. Like you're, you're legit really good. So like, what, what does it kind of feel like to be in this moment right now? It was great. Like you said, not only just having a chance to even play and practice with mm-hmm. my team, but like, it's just, it's fun to be out there. Like fans or no fans at the end of the day, as long as, the ref is throwing the ball and we're tipping off and we're able to compete against other schools like that. I think that's why we all play anyways, just for the competitive nature. And just because it's do it for the people watching, you got the young ones growing up and, you know, they want to be in your place someday and trying to like continue the dream of especially living in a pandemic right now. Like I feel like just going out there and just playing and there's the, I, before I play, like I kind of tell myself uh, there's more important things going on in the world. So this little game is not that important. Like this is, mm. this has nothing to do with the racial injustice issues that are going on today. And the, mm-hmm. all like we can go all day about the issues in the world, but like, that's, that's what my focus is on. That, that kind of helps me. Like, obviously I tell my teammates too, it takes pressure off them, takes pressure off everybody's back. And it's like, Hey, you know what? Take a step back and really like, this is a joy. Like this is, this isn't guaranteed. Like they can shut this stuff down today or tomorrow. Like you never know when you get a chance to shoot the basketball again or go out there and play with your teammates. So that, that kind of helps me literally get through the day. Coach Howard talks about win the day. And I feel like every day they do a great job of just not only focus on basketball all the time. They help us focus on outside issues. And if we want to talk about them, the floor is always open. And I think that's, again, another reason why our chemistry is at such a high level right now is because we all trust and we all can talk to one another. When did you, you – you mentioned earlier something that was interesting, that you fell in love with the game maybe a little later um, than most. And it, is that a recent development in the last couple of years, or was that something that happened quickly here, or maybe it didn't take a couple minutes? You said, you said, I fell in love with basketball a little later than a lot of players did. Oh, yeah. As uh, a baseball first. Yeah, I was a baseball player growing up my whole life, and I had to make the switch probably like my sophomore, junior. Oh, I see what you're saying in high school. Yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah when I like, you know, guys – some guys come out the womb just loving basketball. Right. I came out playing like three sports. So I didn't have one love. Uh, it came baseball. Maybe when I got to, when we got the chance to pitch mm-hmm. and I was pitching that is hitting us with baseball. And I don't know right. why I still loving it then, but other than that, it was, 
it's, you could just see it shift. And once I figured out that basketball was a sport, every time I worked out, lifted, or anything that had to do with basketball, going to an AU tournament, it was just it just made me happy. Mm-hmm. I had joy. That's why I said I found it. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. I yeah. Play AU yeah. later too. Yeah, interesting. So I, I asked you a little bit last night about you expanding your game, improving things that doing things we hadn't really seen you, you know, you're a spot up shooter primarily. And now you're going to reassist the game. You're a better rebounder. You're doing more off the bounce. You get an occasional ball screen. All right. Um, what, in terms of your professional future, right. There are things that are good for you to showcase and that you've been working on that you could do, right. I'm sure that you heard and draft feedback, whatever, what's your, what's your balance of staying within right? What you're very good at right now and what's best for the offensive flow, whatever it may be, versus maybe wanting to show off a little bit more, you know, how do you kind of play yeah. both sides of that fence? Uh, well, first I sit and film with coach Howard or even anybody who's going through the offense. And I, I, I literally ask him like, is this the point where here, like I could take him off the dribble right here. Like I'll get excited. Like, is this, is this, is this <laughs> like, I, can, I can go down here. Right. Like, yep. This is right here. Like, so there's things in the offense where, He'll even open it up for you. That's why I said he had he kind of has like an NBA playbook. Uh, obviously, you got to have a college playbook to go against college defenses, but he has kind of like that open freedom of playing fast and transition, really transition. Uh, you can really get after then, and that's when you can guys just showcase your dribbling, showcase your playmaking ability, uh, get into the basket, really everything. But uh, other than that, it's just watching sitting down and asking the coaches straight up. See, I can I have that relationship with them. There's no tiptoeing behind him saying oh i'm about to go mm-hmm. off right here like i'm about to do my own thing because i because i don't want to damage the offense no one wants to damage the offense especially when you're playing at such a high level uh, and it's just it's fun to share the ball honestly like that, that's just something about me um i've always loved sharing the ball like i say playing the game the right way is sharing the ball with all five guys on the court and it seems to be working for us right now but other than that i would say that's the fine line of just asking your coaches uh is this play set right here, is this more free or do you want to finish the play all the way through? So like as a senior and as studying the playbook all the time, as anybody would, um, I'm, I know each play and where I can attack and do my thing and I wouldn't say showcase, but, you know, just help my team, like get a bucket. You mentioned the so, – uh, uh, Hold on one second here. Cause, so I, I put out a thing last night on – you're 29 for 30 on threes this year or on a, from the free throw line this year you're 73 of your last 76 going back to last year and so i have a different podcast dylan burkhart and i right we got in this big debate this morning on where where i think your free throw numbers are your free throw numbers so here and there pick some spots right go draw if you see a driving lane go in and just run into somebody draw a foul right okay whereas if you shoot threes so, like, where are you in, in something like that of, okay, is there maybe a better look on any given offensive possession? Maybe, but if you go in and draw a foul, right, Those that's free money for, for you. You make free throws. Yeah, and that's an emphasis. Coach Howard tried. Coach Howard and the coach staff challenged me about two to three free throws a game. Uh, at Minnesota, mm-hmm. I was zero. Uh, and I think against Wisconsin, I shot. You had zero. one in your last four games, but I'm not yeah. saying anything. <laughs> That's why I had to just be be more aggressive. And the text kind of helped last night, but I had two of just drawing a file either way, and mm-hmm. you know, one more for my goal. So like setting little goals like that each game kind of helps me. And I'm glad 
they challenged me to do that because it really helps. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Is, is yes. some of it rewiring instincts a little bit? Because, you know, you have just been basically set your feet, shoot yeah. threes. Well, yeah, like that, that's been the thing. Uh, I try not to stick to and like settle because uh, that shot is mm-hmm. always – that's what Coach Howard tells me is I always have that shot. No matter what, in my the back pocket I have the where they have to rotate and quick release three. Like I can always do that in my sleep. But it's the more of mm-hmm. not to pump fake, maybe a sweep, two dribbles if they help. And that's an easy kick. I got Mike, Eli, Franz, Sean D. Branded. Like, those are all really good shooters. And I got Hunter down low and Austin down low. If not, if nobody comes, it's just one-on-one, me and I, like, them on an island. Now it's just, let's get to the free throw line. Like that, like you said, that's just free money. Like, I'm very confident in the free throw line. So, might as well get the easy buckets. You just mentioned all those guys there. Uh, and you're a pretty, you know, you've mentioned film study, everything else. You can be a critical guy if you want to. You guys are 12 and one, number five in Kempom. You're you've blown a bunch of people out. What would you say you need to get better at? And when you really look at this whole thing as a team, like what, because people have asked, I know people have asked Brendan this and others, like what holes does Michigan have? I mean, are there, I mean, not without giving away state secrets here, but like, if, you, if you're self, if you're self evaluating sort of where you guys are at with, in relation to where you can go, mm-hmm. you know, maybe where do you, where do you think you guys land your honest assessment? honestly it's uh you talking about like where like what do we need to get better at yeah that and and maybe like where are you most susceptible yeah like what what do you think right now would be something that would stand in the way of you guys doing anything you want to do which would oh, be no. you know what i mean definitely our turnovers we play yeah. very fast and sometimes we get kind of careless and i feel like that could be gifting guys like at minnesota for example we gifted them 20 x possessions uh I don't care who you are. You're right. not going to win with 20 turnovers. So I would say just taking care of the ball a little bit more because um, we don't get sped up. I feel like we speed ourselves up because uh, we want to play so fast. And that's just the culture we're in. Um, but it's just being just more mindful of like clock situation. What's the score? Uh, like I said, getting to film and you, yeah. you know when to like force it, aggressive, be aggressive, get to the line and just when to be kind of like, okay, let's run the play a little bit. Like, okay, we don't have nothing transition. Let's bring it back out and let's get into something because they're up three and we're about to be in the media timeout. We want to get some momentum. And like little stuff like that can go a long way. And I feel like we're, they're doing a great job. We'll probably watch today on our, all our turnovers. I don't know how many turnovers we had last night, but I'm sure we're going to talk about them today and we're going to correct them. I mean, I say that because it's you guys, when I watch you guys play a little bit, it seems like you're a team that knows where you're going. And, you know, I covered the um... – both Final Four teams beeline had, right? The first Final Four team started 16-0, 17-0, whatever it was. 
It was all gas the whole time. They knew where they were going. They knew they could beat anybody they played. The team you guys were on, the, the Final Four team, I think you guys were sort of trying to find yourself along the way. It seems like this team, yeah, and you're nodding your head. Like, exactly, you were trying to find yourself, and maybe you found yourself in March. This team, to me, Isaiah, it seems like you guys know exactly what you are, where you're going, and, and confidence is not an issue like at all. Am I wrong? Am I reading this wrong? Or are you guys confident uh, exactly where it needs to be? They're a pretty confident, confident bunch. You know, like, like you said, you got to credit to your coaching staff. Uh, you can come in with all the spring workouts, summer workouts you had, and, you know, just – add to your bag, as they say, and yeah. just confident in yourself. But to go a whole season just being as confident as we are, like in the midpoint, as Brandon talked about, it's really it's really hard to do. Um, mm-hmm. Mental health is a big thing, especially then in a pandemic. Oh, yeah. They did a great job to, like, kind of distract us of those outside, like, issues, and we just kind of focus on ourselves and just winning the day. And I feel like that is what really helps us because we do player development every day. We go over game film almost every day, and that – can keep a guy focused. Like you have things to work on. Like it's mm. not getting boring. I think that's what it is. It's like yeah. getting, you're learning more every day. And that's just fun. Like I said. So curious, how much are you guys working in late game situations in practice right now? Because uh, frankly, I mean, you've been dusting teams, right? Where like I, I've made the joke a few times. I've never seen, because there's no fans there. It's comical. Yeah, sometimes right. there's five minutes left in a game and the walk-ons are doing wind sprints like on one of the ba- on one of the sidelines because it's a 25 point game. So like, it's not going to be like this. You know that, right? Like you're going to get into some weird spots, weird situations with two minutes left where everyone's heads are on fire. Like how much are you able to work on that? Cause you can't replicate it until yeah, you're there. Yeah. So what's that process like? Uh, we got coach Martelli. Uh, <laughs> we start practice every day with the late game situation. And okay. he always says, I know we haven't been in one, but, hey, you never know. Let's keep this in our back pocket. I hope we never have to be in one. There but you know, keep this in our back pocket. We all know, like, that's not like, possible. Yeah. We're on it. We're locked in. We got a, we got our late game situations down. Even, like, in um, – I'll go scrimmage sometimes. Like, I, probably next week when we have, like, a – we have, like, a midweek bye or something like that. Like, we'll have time to scrimmage each other. And then we'll they'll put us in late game situations. And that's mm-hmm. when – we can run those plays that Coach Marcelli is talking about and we kind of execute them and see how it goes and just feel out the spots. Because it's like Brandon said, we haven't been in a situation yet this year and we hope we never have to, but we know it's going to come down to a point where we're going to have to run into a wire. So it really comes down to who is paying attention. Which what, what's Phil been like for you? What's your experience with him? Everybody seems yeah, to, I mean. God, he's the godfather, man. There you like, go. He's the ultimate teacher. Uh, he's literally, he texts us every day in our group chat, just a new a new quote. He has not repeated a quote once, and every quote literally blows my mind every time. Like, it's just – he's a wonderful guy. Um, he's a giver. He just really wants – I he pretty much were his students, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, we learn from him basketball one-on-one stuff every day. Like, just little stuff like, though, like, what happened? Uh, man, uh, we were in practice but running baseline, baseline out-of-bounds plays, and someone overthrew someone's uh, – the ball over someone's head and it went back court. And he was like, what are you doing? Get the ball. He was like, oh, wait, time out, time out. How many, how many of you guys know that you can grab that ball after it was tipped? <laughs> We're like, none of us. We thought it was back court. Yeah, right. We didn't know. Like, <laughs> our guy threw it in and he, no one touched it. It just went over his head. And we didn't know that we can grab it. I didn't yeah. know. We didn't know that. So, like, little stuff like that, he's teaching us and he's making us aware. 
and that he's the perfect guy for the situation right now. It's the level of wisdom you should expect from someone from Philadelphia, Isaiah. <laughs> yeah. He just won an award. He just won an award the other day in something, and I don't know, like no one even knew about it. I don't think he until I told him, I'm like, you want to accolade, congratulations. He was like, I did? Oh, thank you. I remember his old office back at St. Joe's was like the size of a closet and there was just like it was just trophies and plaques and stuff just piled up. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. Nothing like so speaking of coaches, one thing I'm curious about, random question. Um I've in just in covering Juwan, I've had a few times where you just kind of it really comes into focus, like just how insanely famous and just how like in a different world this guy kind of lives in what what's been your what's your example of a moment where you're like damn juan is just kind of a a different level of fame and notoriety and wealth and all this all this stuff other than me already knowing who he is before of course uh, (laughs) i remember i pulled up to practice one time in the summer and i see like a yellow porsche (laughs) I'm just like, whoa, like, man's driving a Porsche to practice. Sun, the window's down, sun's out, yellow. I'm like, you know, he, he's definitely, he's lived that. Like, he's lived at the highest level. And now, like, to see him come back and give to his old school, um, it's just, just tip your hat to him because he literally loves what he does. Like, he loves coaching. He loves coming in every day and teaching mm-hmm. something. So. He pulls it off, though, right? The uh, Porsche. I mean, some guys you think they're driving a Porsche. Like, what's this guy's deal? I don't even know how he fits it. <laughs> yeah, like that's what he. Yeah, it's a custom built. Like he's seven foot yeah, tall. I don't even right? know. You see guys just riding around on their bike, stopping, taking pictures. Like, <laughs> right. This is like, dang. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. The thing that I've kind of said about Juwan before we let you get out of here, Isaiah, that I'd be kind of just curious your thought because I think I just said this like on a different like on a show that I was on where I was trying to explain why he is as successful as he is right now at the college level. And it seems to me like he's able to be a bunch of different things at once, whether it's disciplinarian, you know, the quote unquote players coach, right. A fatherly figure, but also a friend, but also will tell you what's what right. And come down on you. And Mm -hmm. a lot of coaches you see, they try to be one or the other, or when they're doing something that's not in their personality, it's clear they're acting and with Juwan, it just seems like he's all of these things and it's natural. So, yeah. like, can you ex- – what do you see? I don't, know. I don't know if the dude took a class or something, but he can literally <laughs> – he can put on – he can put on, like, a cap and and he can take it off. Like, he can, like you said, be a discipline mm-hmm. coach. He can be a player's coach and he can tell you what's right. He can be your friend and give you advice. It's just like, man, this dude can do all of this and not get stressed right. out. And that just mm-hmm. shows what a guy is, like, it just comes back to Tim just being genuine. He truly, truly, truly believes that we are all his sons. Like, I think that's why he he looks at all of us like we're Jace Howard. And I think that's exactly why he can do all the things he can do. Because, like, think about how you would coach your son. Like, you yeah. want to perform, you would give him advice. And once you make your whole team your sons at that point, like, you're going to treat them all. And you're going to want the best for them. And I think that's what – he has no favorites – He'll tell you straight no matter who it is. He don't care that I'm a senior uh, captain. Like he's gonna get in right. In, he's gonna get into me like he is. As you guys seen on TV, he's gonna dig yeah. right into. Me. That's great. You got anything else? You got anything no, else? I, uh, no. This has been great, Isaiah. I appreciate it. 
No, I'll, 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 the restaurant. This young man's time. The restaurant uh, recommendation. Oh, get him, yes. Get out of here. We got to get the young people's uh, recommendations. We got. Oh, we're too yeah. old. Making jerk. I don't know if you guys had it. What is it? Making jerk. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. You know, it's very, very, very good. I had it. Say maybe two months ago. It's not something I want to eat during season. You know, too much. <laughs> More of like a, more of like an off-season meal after a great hard week of training. So it's it's a, it's a recommended place. There you go. There you go. So folks, maybe uh, maybe throw some business that way to your your local restaurant. Uh, Isaiah, we we really appreciate it, man. We appreciate no. you coming on. We know it's busy time, so this was great, and uh, you bring great perspective. It's always always a pleasure talking with you, man. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. I hope you guys stay safe. Same to you, my man. Of course. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. Be sure to tip your bartenders and servers. Mm-hmm.